We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Drafting a super flex best ball team to win $10,000 in the $35 FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament. That's what we're going to be talking about today on Stealing Bananas. I'm Ben Gretsch. You can find my newsletter at bengretsch.substack.com. With me, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can find all of his great work at Rotoviz. And Sean, we're actually recording this intro after having completed the draft. It was a fun draft. A lot like the 2021 drafting season, we drew a late first round draft slot. We were at 111. We were hoping that some quarterbacks would go uh, would be there for us. Nine quarterbacks went. Eight quarterbacks went in the first 10 picks. We ended up building out a roster that did not include an early quarterback, which created a lot of challenges, some laughs, some, some tears. But it was a really fun draft. It was. And you and I signed up for this on a Thursday afternoon. The draft lobby filled. This format is just so much fun. We talk all the time about Superflex Dynasty, Superflex Best Ball. Also, really cool for that element of making the first round a little bit flatter. You can use your $35 FFPC credits that a lot of people will have in their accounts. You can use the FFPC Roster Construction Explorer tool at Rotoviz and get yourself a, a big advantage in terms of understanding the types of builds that will work. But the main thing is we just wanted to have, have some fun. And this is a great format to do that in, but we were joking. We got our draft slot about 20 minutes before the draft. It was the 111, And then I, I thought to myself, I must be drafting a stealing bananas draft in the FFPC because and this seems hard to believe, but so far this spring, I've gotten almost exclusively the 101 and 102. It doesn't seem hard to believe to me because uh, long-time listeners will remember last year we drafted main events uh, three days in a row trying to get a kind of mix up our draft slot because we had gotten sort of in the in the same spot in the final third of the first round. It was all in the 109, 110, 111 range, and some of our other drafts that we had done together had been in that range. And so we were drafting it in the 10 a.m. slot, and we decided to do it again the next day and do it again the next day. And then the day following our three days, we finally gave up and said, fine, we have three very similar teams. We drafted from the same spot. We aren't going to get that early pick. 
but you had a draft with Blair, Blair Andrews, who, you know, we obviously love and everyone should read all of his work, his wrong reads at Rotoviz. You were already locked into that 10 a.m. slot with Blair and you guys drew the one-on-one, which was. And so anyway, it does not surprise me that you've been drawing a lot of one-on-ones and one-on-twos while not drafting with me. And then when we log in for our first draft on FFPC of the year, we are right back in that back third of the first round. But at the 111, Jalen Hurts, a possibility. Russell Wilson, a possibility. We could see one of the star players at a non-QB position fall. Almost certainly if those guys aren't there, we'll get a shot at one of the stars, maybe a, a Christian McCaffrey. And then tough choices, I think, wrapping back around into round two, where even at the very beginning of round two, you're looking at guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. So then we have an upset here right off the bat with Jonathan Taylor at the 101 in the Superflex draft, and then we see our expected QBs go in the next couple of picks. Yeah, Allen, Herbert, and Mahomes, followed by a timeout that was Lamar Jackson with the next four picks. And then we get Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Russell Wilson before Kyler, and we're sitting here at 11. We're hoping for guys like Hurts and Wilson to be there. Now Cup goes nine. This is this is what happens to us every time we get the 11th pick. Kyler Murray is going to fall all the way to 10, and we are not going to be able to – and he went 10. Welcome to 2022 drafting with Stealing Bananas. So then we have 50 seconds here. Christian McCaffrey still available. Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, the top QBs. I don't know that any of those guys get me that excited. We know from the Roster Construction Explorer that taking your second QB in round two, which would require us to take our first one here, is a very high win rate play. Do we want to start off the draft season by kind of swinging for the fences? What's your sense here? Who do you really want? I mean, the flip side of it is we can take McCaffrey and then come back around with Chaser Jefferson. And then, you know, if you hit on your QBs, you feel like you win the whole tournament. Let's do it. Let's go McCaffrey. I feel a little bit more comfortable than you with Dak. And I would have been fine with Dak there. And and even swinging around with like Dak Brady would have been a nice start. Uh, And Dak does go at the turn. But I like the McCaffrey start. (laughs) Dak Brady goes at the turn. So we'll see how that 12 spot uh builds their roster they got a a pretty nice two qb start this is an incredibly qb heavy draft i think you have to lean away from that we could take aaron Rodgers. we could take matthew stafford i I think i would probably take Rodgers over stafford but i'm with you let's just take mccaffrey chase they're not all going to take quarterbacks forever why why pick into a run and the other element here is that travis kelsey is available has a higher adp than both of the two wide receivers any instinct to take him or or should we go with the excitement of these young guys? I can understand the case for Kelsey, but I actually I, I think I'd go with the excitement of the young guys. I might take Jefferson. Oh, we we just went. We were down to six seconds. We do take Chase there, as you mentioned. Jefferson, a very equal pick as we start out. One of the kind of fun things with the tournament element of it is we do get, and it's important not to overestimate these things overestimate the importance of them and build a less than optimal team as a result. But then we do have that potential massive shootout week 17 game with the Bills Bengals. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was thinking similarly on along structural lines when I pivoted to Jefferson very late there in the sense that 
I thought it was possible Kirk Cousins can make it back and be our, our QB1, basically, and we'd have a, a Cousins-Jefferson stack. Obviously, Chase's quarterback, Burrow, is already off the board. Uh, Stafford and Kelsey go behind us. Kelsey, I think, would have been a nice pick there as well. I'm pretty optimistic about Kelsey. Uh, even at his age, obviously, feels like there's not as much excitement as there should be that Tyree Kill's not there, and there's this whole group of other receivers. They're good. All of them probably warts to a degree. There's a small percent chance, but a a chance that Travis Kelsey sets a career high in targets this year. And that would be a lot because, because he's been a massive target hog. How concerned are you? It sounds like you're not concerned, but we did do the, the big show this week on Patrick Mahomes and what his value is in Superflex. I made the case that I thought the Chiefs offense was going to be better because of the variety and volume of receivers. And really before, it's just been Hill, Kelsey, do you think guys like Moore and Juju at MVS altogether might actually knock down his target ceiling? Oh, it certainly could, right? Um, I think my sort of hy- hypothesis on the it's just a, it's a, a it's a volatile situation. My, my hypothesis on the ceiling argument would be those guys are good enough to demand some attention. We we've talked uh, recently when we were talking about my trade for Patrick Mahomes and MVS and Michael Hardman and Dynasty that MVS and Hardman are, you know, these multiple field stretchers. They should schematically create some problems and keep, you know, safeties deep. Mahomes still has a huge arm. It's not going to be the same threat as having Tyreek Hill on the field, but they will still, uh, you know, keep Mahomes honest and not allow him to just throw the ball 70 yards, I'm sure. A lot of the the mechanisms that have been there for Kelsey to really dominate in the middle of the field should still be there. And if you have this guy more and the Juju and those types of guys that are having a good year, I think that just means that, that Kelsey can't be double teamed too much. So I think there's, you know, he has an edge over everyone else on the field in terms of familiarity with Mahomes, except Hardman, who may not be familiar with Mahomes either. Um, and he has... I think an edge on talent, but then those guys are good enough probably that it's not like teams are going to just double Kelsey all game long. So, I, I mean, I think there's various ways it could play out. He could certainly lose targets based on a more spread attack that's not so condensed onto two players. I'm just saying I think there's a small chance that he just becomes even more of the go-to guy. And so we're wrapping back around anyone who's watching on the – YouTube version can see sort of how the draft is developing here with the board, but we have lost the vast majority of the quarterbacks Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence go in the middle of round three. Justin Fields still there. Tua is drafted. That's maybe not looking great for us in terms of fields getting back either, but Kyle Pitts still available. Deandre Swift, Darren Waller. Again, one of the things that you mentioned is when we can sort of aggressively go against this QB run. We do have, some guys we like in the middle. We know that the numbers don't necessarily back that up, but one of the things that you mentioned before the show that you really wanted to do, and again, this kind of goes back to our pre-draft theory on some of these rookie QBs. Now that Corral and Ritter are into places where they could play, uh, it just it knocks their prices down, right? It keeps them very inexpensive, and we have a shot to take two of the young guys very, very late and have a poor QB build, especially now that this format has added the round 19 and 20 back in. So... And so, and the thing you were mentioning that I was talking about before that I'd like to do is a four QB build. We're almost back on the clock, but we should get into that a little bit because I think we are trending towards that. So we did get Justin Fields to fall to us. 
And Lamb and Fournette go at the turn, and we're back on the clock at 4.02. And in the queue, you have Darren Waller, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson. You still like the the, the value that a elite tight end could bring us here. Yeah, I think that that's a strong option. We also have Javante Williams and Saquon Barkley, so we could get that second running back to go with CMC if we want. The other player I was really wanting there was CeeDee Lamb, but he does go. Debo and Tyreek Hill would be the next options. Who do you like here? I think we should go tight end, largely because we're going to be thin uh, at quarterback already and need to kind of chase quarterback and I, I don't like chasing two positions. So I want to, I want this to be a one running back build with McCaffrey. We know we can build out running back late and do a solid anchor quarterback build. There's good running back value there. We certainly could have taken another receiver, a Debo type there and had chase Debo. It would have been a really nice structure, but to get a strong tight end, I think keeps us flexible to the various spots where we might decide that we need to go quarterback because we are, there's already 20 quarterbacks gone now. <laughs> and the QBs we pass up there that would be the most obvious are Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan. So certainly Darren Waller on paper is a better pick there, but at some point you have to take quarterbacks <laughs> is the unfortunate thing. We came into this planning to take a quarterback in round one and a quarterback in round two, and, and here we are. And where we are is a very fun place. Mac Jones, someone who's going quite a bit later, I think – fits very nicely with this they've added Devonte parker they've added tyquan thornton he had decent results in his rookie year with not much in the way of weapons we'll kind of see how long we can play chicken and still get him they Daniel had jacoby myers and kendrick Bourne. exactly <laughs> and both of our favorite players <laughs> so we'll see if those guys come back daniel jones another player i think with the potential rushing upside and the far better coaching situation. He also becomes sort of interesting with Wondell Robinson late. And then if we're really gutsy with it, we could try and get Jerry Goff at the seven, eight turn. Although his ADP is before that. <laughs> if you wait there and miss, obviously you're going to be in pretty dire straits. Javante Williams still on the board late in the fourth I'm seeing him fall in a lot of the drafts that I'm doing right now. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him because the few times that we've touched on him, it sounded like you've been a little bit concerned about Melvin Gordon. When when Gordon came back and came back so late and right before the draft, I wrote in Stealing Signals that I was almost not concerned at all, um, that I, I even hypothesized that it could have been a case where Denver was sort of like, yeah, feel free. I mean, they certainly were, were fine letting him walk if he could have got a multi-year deal, deal which he was looking for. But th they may have said to him before the draft, you know, if you're not back on the roster, there's a very real possibility that we'll draft another running back. Because I couldn't really come up with another reason why Gordon would sign a couple days before the draft and not continue to wait. He's already waited that long and see if any team didn't hit on their running back targets and then might be willing to to meet his contract demands. Regardless, Denver certainly, new coaching staff and all of that, and certainly made the decision to allow Gordon to test the market for a long period of time. And it reminds me a little bit of Christian McCaffrey's second year, frankly, when Jonathan Stewart got uh, released, but then they brought in C.J. Anderson in May, right? They brought in Gordon... They brought Gordon back. He was with the team last year, but it's a new coaching staff. They brought in a player 
well into free agency. It was not a priority for Carolina going into year two for McCaffrey. It was not a priority for Denver with Gordon. And and Anderson barely played for the Panthers. He had like a ninth round ADP that year. Everyone thought he would take the Jonathan Stewart role and, and McCaffrey, McCaffrey wouldn't be a three down back. Not everyone, but there were certainly people who believed that. Anderson eventually was cut. He went on to be very good for the Rams late that year after uh, Todd Gurley got hurt, still could play. Like people have said that Melvin Gordon can still play. I think he can too, but I feel like the Broncos have tipped their hand a little bit. He does go off the board here at five Oh three, but I'm curious your thoughts. Do you, are you pretty concerned about Gordon's impact on William ceiling? Well, only from the perspective that he goes from a potential, you know, top four overall pick to now a player that I think in, you know, non super flex, you're looking more, in the early second, but it's in the early second with the perspective of, I mean, the, the ceiling there is still sky high. So adding him to a super flex roster here at the five Oh three, I mean, that's a, a crazy value. One of the things, unfortunately that has happened in this draft is that we do have several teams who have already taken three QBs, including the team that appears to be on auto draft. So that auto draft is something we'll have to watch out for because it is going to, throw off the dynamics just to give a feel that team now has three quarterbacks and two tight ends almost certainly not the way they'd be doing it if they were drafting although one of the things we do see with some of these auto pick teams is they can turn out to be pretty good but jerry goff in the middle of round five mac jones in the middle of round five neither of those players are going to make it back to us and there are actually there, there's another team here with only one qb i would expect this to be daniel jones how are we looking at the quarterback position now well, the, the top quarterback by ADP is Carson Wentz, and he's a big favorite of the Steeling Bananas podcast. We are very high on Carson Wentz this year. He said sarcastically, Daniel Jones did go. It's looking gross. We're going to have to be creative. And the player that is is now staring at us here, Ben, is, oh, yeah. is your absolute favorite. I mean, we can go Do with it. an A.J. Brown, potentially T. Higgins turn. You know, it's going to be a team that in some ways may be drawing dead, but it's going to be a fun team. So, yeah, we add. It's drawing dead if we take Carson Wentz as well. So we're better off taking A.J. Brown, I'll tell you that. Maybe we'll hit on, you know, a Desmond Ritter breakout or something. I don't know. But Matt Corral, who who knows what we're going to do. But at this point, you can't fix the problem by drafting Carson Wentz. That's a mistake that we see. But this is really a testament to what you were talking about with the roster construction explorer that the the quarterbacks, when you take your second quarterback by round two, you have a much higher win rate. A lot of that is because if you wait <laughs> at quarterback, you wind up not having quarterbacks. So we select A.J. Brown. Some of the other fun names in this range. Uh, T. Higgins, we already selected Chase. If we had taken Jefferson, it would have been exciting if Higgins had gotten back, but he doesn't get back anyway. Reese Hall, Jalen Waddell, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, all in this area. Do you have a player or position that you're dreaming for right here? I'd still prefer to be deeper at receiver than running back uh, for the reasons I said before, but we are seeing a lot more value at running back. Oh, Brees Hall does go. I imagine for you it's, it's Dobbins here, but I – You've just added uh, Jalen Waddle to the queue, and that's the other name that is certainly staring at me. 
Yeah, and I think that Waddle is the guy here. It'll give us those three elite wide receivers to go with a team that has Fields, McCaffrey, Waller, has those other you know, sort of onesie-ish positions if we're going to throw the, the running back position in with that at this point. I think that we will see some running backs that we like fall later. Waddle someone, you know, because Tyreek Hill is there, he's getting knocked down a little bit. I think that's giving you a better price on this potentially massive second year breakout. We could be talking about him with that same group of Chase and Jefferson a year from now. I think that you have to make that bet. And so again, we don't have the the QBs, but we have some, we've got some gunslinging potential approaches to that late in the draft. And so I'm excited for that when it gets there. I have to admit for a team that has some real problems at the quarterback position, there are also some very fun things about this squad we've built. Yeah. I mean, everything else is great. <laughs> it's super flex and we're just pretending like it's not. And that's working great for us. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, strategically this was not our plan right we're looking at adp going in that jalen hurts and russell wilson look like they'd be very real options at 111 they go 107 108 mccaffrey doesn't go before our pick he's the 108 in adp in super flex so not crazy to see him fall to 111 but definitely a scenario that sort of forced our hand uh and, and this being our first super flex draft in in quite a while we didn't exactly have our ducks in a row going back or looking back would you have preferred that we had started like Dak Stafford or Dak Rogers and then instead of Fields uh I don't know Debo Debo Waller at that turn I like the way that we did it you know you say we weren't prepared for that but both of those guys were not going to come back anyway, sort of, as you mentioned, Prescott and Brady go at the turn. And so then you're down really another tier. You're going to get a compromise pick in round one. You're going to have to go down a tier in round two or take another position. Anyway, we talk all the time about the mistake that drafters make at running back and they're doing it less, but still a mistake as they chase the points from those teams at the top. You're going to set a decent floor and then you're going to say, okay, we can outdraft people the rest of the way if you make those quarterback selections the problem is just you're you know you're chasing points you're going to be late in round three as well late in round five in terms of where you're drafting compared to the rest of your league and to the field i think that an extremely unique ultra risky approach gives us number one a better chance to actually do something fun in this specific 12 team league but also a better chance to do something kind of crazy within the context of the entire tournament so i, I like the way it's fallen now my preference would have been for those guys you mentioned for jalen hurts or russell wilson to have made it that would have been far superior but within the context of what actually did happen i like this and it's it's funny because even with those two going seven and eight we have kyler ranked ahead of them you are incredibly high on kyler this year i think you've said since they added Marquise Brown, that he could be the QB one, right? And so pretty much if we got any draft slot other than 111, we would have started with Kyler Murray. <laughs> that's that's correct, yes. So, and again, the thing that's great about this, especially early on, is that it allows you to try some different things, to make some mistakes, to see if you can kind of dig out 
So we'll, we'll be trying to see if we can do that the rest of the way. We're now into the middle of round seven. J.K. Dobbins is still there. Travis Etienne is still there. We had a massive running back run after our pick. So it was Keenan Allen. And then we had five consecutive running backs in Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs. I guess I don't necessarily care for the value of those players. And now we've, we're in the middle of a big wide receiver. That was run, a nice way of saying that that was the running back dead zone. It just showed up in round six. <laughs> so we have Michael Pittman, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Dallas Goddard, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, and Marquise Brown. Seven out of eight picks here go to the wide receiver. I certainly wouldn't mind if one of our favorite sort of dead zone-ish running backs fall to us at the 7-8 turn. And yeah, and you're referring to either Dobbins or ETN, right? I mean, we have both of them as options. It would be nice to take one of them. I, I clicked on, I made the mistake of clicking on the quarterback tab to see who we could potentially pair that running back with. And we're looking, Carson Wentz has gone. We are looking at Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett, Drew Locke. <laughs> Feeling good about the depth that we're going to build at the quarterback position. Well, I mean, this, and again, I mean, we're going to kind of, wait and see if we can get lucky with guys falling but i mean the, the option a has to be marcus mariota with desmond ritter late right oh i like that taking them both that that that's fun option a for me i think looking at this was Pickett because i do think Pickett starts week one i'm not necessarily confident that he's good but on this build it's like there's a decent chance he starts 17 games <laughs> that's the best i can say but we are back up none of our running backs went so take your pick jk dobbins or travis Etienne. yeah i'm gonna make an argument for taking both of them but also very open to taking a receiver instead as we no, wrap let's back keep around pushing our advantage i'm with you there if we can get both of them let's take them both okay so let's we'll start with dobbins then let's try to make this a super team everywhere else to say for the fact that we're going to be starting i don't know jacoby brissett well when it comes down to it in the end this is just an extension of our rookie qb strategy we've wanted to play all along so once sam howell wins that job yes. in training camp we're going to be golden sam howell the skeleton key for the super flex best ball tournament not actually something we believe but oh and etn goes behind us this drafter has now taken uh dak and brady at the first turn behind us we were discussing both on the way back lamb at the second turn you mentioned him higgins and Brees hall at the third turn the five six turn and then takes etn here at the seven eight turn really drafting off our board behind us so our options would be juju elijah moore could always go for Amon Ra. We could make a little bit of a reach and get Gabriel Davis to go with Jamar Chase in the first round. We do have some late options in terms of Tyler Boyd and Jamison Crowder if we're looking to play that game even a little bit more heavily. What about QB? You don't want to make the Pickett or Mariota pick here. They are the next two best available. We can keep pushing that, but we are in the eighth round. Feels flat elsewhere is my reasoning, but we can do anything else. So I think the main thing that Ben was wanting here was to get a <laughs> on the team. 
So I asked that late in the clock, and Sean takes Kenneth Walker. <laughs> so, so a now beautiful we're... moment there. Marcus Mariota? No, I'm taking Kenneth Walker. This is the perfect time to sneak Kenneth Walker in. I got nothing else. Oh, that was that was funny. That was well done. So there's a lot of teams that already have three QBs. I think there's let's see, there's one, two, three, four. Four teams already. We're the oh no five. They're, we're the only team that has one. Very possible that no QB goes until we draft again. Yeah, and the good news is that I do believe that the auto draft team is now in there. And again, I mean, the team looks pretty solid. Three QBs: George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs, Marquise Brown, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, still very much in the mix, but the nice thing is I think we have now less risk that they're going to inadvertently take a fourth QB. So I like that part of it. Until they get bored because they can't fix this roster in three rounds. <laughs> but it's I think not it's, dead. I'm with I think you. It's, it's not a bad bad roster. You start Lamar, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. It's not great, but you got three QBs. I mean, it's better than our QBs. And right, and they're Hawkinson. looking at our team and say, yeah. we're in great shape. So we, we do have... Uh, and I feel pretty good about the Walker pick too in the context of the next three backs are AJ Dillon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire and Cordero Patterson. I, I don't know. I mean, Kenneth Walker, one of the reasons why we did not select him in our road of his triflex rookie draft is that we felt like Rashad Penny was going to be involved there. We actually made the move for Penny, but I guess I like Walker's chances to get the lion's share of the work in Seattle better than I do for the next four backs who've been taken. No comment. <laughs> no comment. I, I, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I do agree with you. Although Seattle doesn't know what they're doing. They just think running backs are like worth really high draft picks. But when they took Rashad Penny, they certainly didn't roll up the red carpet for him. And now well, Penny did not good. play well and did not stay healthy. Kenneth Walker is going to be, <clears throat> the new Jamal Charles. So again, we'll see if he can beat up their former first round pick Rashad Penny. <laughs> right. Jamal Charles didn't have a huge rookie season by any stretch either. Kenneth so, Walker is going to be the new Jamal Charles. I'm going to have to get on board with him pretty quick when you say that, because Jamal Charles is, if I'm not mistaken, your favorite running back of all time. I'm a little bit jaded by the fact that the Seahawks decided to draft a running back as high as they did. Not necessarily by Kenneth Walker. I've been very intrigued by his profile throughout. That's a big, uh, big comparison coming from you. Yeah. So now, now we're looking and thinking. Okay, even if we have to play a non QB in the Superflex, we probably have this draft wrapped up. So if Marcus Mariota is taken, one of the guys, I guess, I am a little bit surprised still on the board. Elijah Moore goes there at the nine oh three. Gabriel Davis still available. His ADP in this format is at the 8-9 turn, so it's not like he's fallen far below where he normally goes. Ben, fill me in. Has Kenny Pickett gone? No. No, Kenny Pickett's still there for the taking. He might stay there for the taking uh, until after we draft. One of the interesting things, we, you and I were talking a little bit about Devi leagues uh, off the air that he had a really good receiver who is now transferred and just committed today to USC. I saw. Is that why he was good last year? <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're going to make the case that a little bit like Tua, his receivers in college may actually be better than what he's heading to with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
well, not necessarily what he's heading to with the Steelers, but it it might have masked some flaws at the college level that will, you know, it's always a tough transition, and then they could just be magnified as he as he moves to the pros. The jury is certainly out on whether or not he's how how good he could be, what his upside truly is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And one of the things that we do see with him and one of the red flags we've talked about is that emergence came really, really late. And it did come with the elite wide receiver there. So, uh, again, I, he's not the player we necessarily want. Are, are you going to make the case if Gabriel Davis is here at the 9-11 and two picks to let Mariota wrap around? Davis, oh, is still there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm certainly comfortable taking Gabriel Davis there. Um, especially, as you noted, we have the potential week 17 shootout between the Bengals and the bills. We took Jamar chase in the second round. We know Gabriel Davis can show up for a shootout. We saw it in the AFC playoffs last year and he went one pick ahead of us. So why am I even talking? This has been a fun draft. <laughs> I'm exhausted. We're, we're less than halfway through. Ben is getting out the towel to try and dry off. We, we have, Mariota here. I don't know that there is any pick that would make us risk him at the turn. There's a decent chance that team will want a third quarterback at some point. We do have our rookie wide receivers right in this range that we like a lot. 
but I don't know that we necessarily want to pass completely on a QB. And so it makes sense just to go yep. with Nate Mariota. Yeah, I think we've kicked that can far enough. It was pretty fantastic that when you took Kenneth Walker completely on your own, not supported by me whatsoever, in the next two rounds, no quarterback did go, as we discussed. Traylon Burks goes right behind Mariota. This guy continues to draft off our board. Would not surprise me if he takes Drake London next. I think, Sean, the pick might be Kenny Pickett right behind this. <laughs> Just throw volume at the problem. So you're thinking Pickett. Drake London here would be pretty interesting to go with Marcus Mariota. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's We are committed up. to two late late QBs. I'm I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I wasn't thinking of the Mariota London stack. I really like that. Speaking of which, we do have Fields and for Fields to break out, there's one player in particular that I think you think is going to catch maybe 120 balls if that happened. Yeah, so as we continue on here, we did get Darren Waller. We have an elite tight end. We hope we're fairly confident that even though his target ceiling may decrease a little bit, the concerns about being triple teamed, as we saw sometimes last year, probably decline. Oh, but unfortunately, Ben, Cole Komet, Cole Komet does go off at the 10.06. He was the player you were talking about. He was going to be one of our options as we, we know we do want still at least one more very good tight end, if not two. And because of some of the other selections we've made, we are starting to run a little bit low at tight end. Our very favorite player, Albert O, is still there. Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Tanyan, Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, and Joku. I'm also a little concerned right now about... What, how do we stack Justin Fields? Because, you know, it's one of those things, if you're going to win a tournament, you don't necessarily have to stack. But we took him in the third round. We're certainly making a commitment there. There could be a lot of rushing in his profile. But one element of him being good enough at that pick, and especially with the rest of our quarterbacks not being particularly good, would, would be that he would probably have some, some players catching some touchdowns. And Mooney and Komet have now gone. And so the concern now becomes, do we have to talk about Vilas Jones at some point? <laughs> I, that's that's where I thought you were going in round 20. I know it will make Pat very happy if we take Jones, in part because the Bears selected him, so they have to pump him up, and in part because they have no one else. The early reviews have been that he looks like an NFL player, which is good because <laughs> am, I, <laughs> am I wrong that he's, he's like 25 years old? He's... Quite a bit older than Justin Fields. He can uh, mentor him and bring him along. So that'll be nice. But one of the things I do like here, Ben, is to take these rushing QBs because I think that you have more flexibility in a situation where you don't necessarily then have to have the stack because the player could come through and score the points that you need, help carry you there. We now have two rushing QBs. I love that element, even though we did go ahead and select one of Mariota's wide receivers. I think to have those two guys there is a lot of fun it doesn't worry me to not to have somebody to go with justin fields i think that part is going to be fine and it frees us up to not have to worry about that element we can focus more on something fun like taking jameson crowder late definitely my idea of fun so no love for equanimia st brown no no love for uh i don't know who else do the bears have tajay sharp dante pettis byron pringle who may or may not play 
Ben is now listing off names that if we were in the classic version, whereas 28 rounds would they still at wouldn't least, get drafted. Well, <laughs> they might make a queue. Right. Round 28 options in that format, which again is not the tournament format, but a fantastic option if you want to draft kickers and defenses. And there's a reason to like that because if you draft it correctly, you can beat the rest of the people in your league. Check out the FFPC Roster Construction Explorer at Rotoviz. It will tell you how to essentially push your win rate into double figures without doing anything other than selecting kickers and defenses properly. That's something Blair Andrews and I were able to use last year to, I don't know, make five, six, $700 and get a bunch of these $35 credits that you can use on the Superflex best ball tournament. So just a little plug there for that format. That's a lot of fun since we were talking about drafting in round 28, but back here, another name that I'm looking at, Ben, I know that this actually will get your blood circulating a little bit that week 17 game with the Atlanta Falcons where we have Marcus Mariota and Drake London, their opponent, I believe is the Arizona Cardinals. Do you have some interest in, I mean, it goes without saying, but Rondell Moore is available. Yes. Yes, I do. I think that would be a great pick. Um, Albert O is still here. I'm really looking forward to him going one pick before us. But uh, I do think Rondell would be a nice addition to this overall build. Get a little more correlation in there. The other player who is still available and was the linchpin of your trade with Davis, Geno Smith. Somebody that... Uh... <laughs> You're gonna, we're going to take Geno and Kenneth Walker in the same draft. I, I've heard you say that you think Pete Carroll has this whole thing figured out. Super Bowl champion <laughs> head coach. We're barely three weeks removed from the draft, Sean. Give me a break with this Geno Smith garbage. <clears throat> yeah, he's probably the right pick. We know Drew Locke sucks, and they don't have anyone else. Although they could come away with someone else, Baker or Garoppolo. Is the move to take... Baker or Garoppolo and assume that they're playing football somewhere. Maybe Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the entire year. I don't know. Yeah, I think those are potentially interesting choices. Late Garoppolo appears to be going in round 16. So that's after Desmond Ritter, another possible option. The player I'm I'm feeling like you're going to force me to at least consider is that we've let this go all the way around and Kenny Pickett is going to come back to us here. Yeah. I think we should do it. <laughs> I don't want to, but I don't feel comfortable any of these other quarterbacks are going to start 16 games, 17 games. I don't feel confident Kenny Pickett is either because even if he does start week one, like I am kind of expecting, they they have a competent backup now or they think they do in Mitch Trubisky. And so if Pickett struggles, there's a very real possibility Pickett could could sit for a bit. I just I don't see a lot of scenarios where he doesn't play at least 10 to 12 games this year when you take him in the first round. You look at look, Mike Tomlin was there when they took Roethlisberger in the first round. They started in week one. This team typically wins. They have a pretty good roster still. They have a lot of talent on defense. They have good skill position players. I'm thinking they're gonna just go with Pickett and assuming he's not terrible, probably stick with Pickett. That doesn't mean he's going to score fantasy points because he doesn't run a lot. He runs a little. So Pickett is the selection here in part because 
I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but Albert O was picked, so we don't have to worry about that. Our other two tight end targets probably will come back to us. So we take Pickett. More, another guy that we're interested in, possible that he would come back at the 13-14 turn. That's about where his ADP is for this format. And if he doesn't go in the interim, Sky Moore is available how are you feeling about sort of where we are running back compared to wide receiver we've got the three backs we've got the four receivers are you high enough on sky Moore to take him <clears throat> and risk rondale coming through what do you like for our second pick here it'll be uh, I, i'm not i'm not feeling good about our receivers i'm fine with our running backs we have christian mccaffrey jk dobbins and kenneth walker we are already in such a tough spot at qb where we're going to take a fourth to me it makes sense to make this a pretty hyper fragile running back build where we're trusting mccaffrey to stay healthy we're trusting dobbins to come back and stay healthy um i i don't think we need to take more than even like four running backs total i i really don't think we need to to push running back so i i like the rondell or the um Skymore decision there. Either of them would be fine with me, but I, I want to get another receiver. And just to give a little bit of a feel, other options here would be guys like Olave, Chase Claypool. I, I just I think Sky Moore's upside is far too tantalizing to pass on him for guys that I even though Olave drafted very early, even though Chase Claypool multiple years in the league, I guess I'm not as comfortable with their roles actually as Moore's. Now that's one of those things you say at this point in the season, and then week one opens up and it's MVS, Juju, and Nicole Hardman out there with Travis Kelsey, and you have to reevaluate kind of what you were looking at. But Sky Moore, the guy, I think someone who could have this monster rookie season even though he's not one of the first reality wide receivers drafted. I like that a lot. Sean, you've been talking about Ritter. I like Ritter. Part of me thinks that with Mariota and London, we've already committed sort of to Mariota playing well enough to be the starter. I don't think it would be a surprise if Mariota started all year. This is a long way of me saying I like where you're going with this. A Gino Noah Fant stack on top of all the rest of what we've done is really gross, but would be our fourth quarterback, potentially four starting quarterbacks. They're not good, but they could. there's a, a scenario where all of them start the bulk of the season. There's also a scenario where Mariota or Pickett miss time. I noticed Mariota and Fields have the same bye. Not the biggest deal in the world, but there's a, obviously a world where Kenny Pickett is not playing football in that, that week, so... I don't really want to take Ritter on that grounds as well. So I'm starting to think that we should have a Mariota London stack with Atlanta, a Geno Smith and Noah Fant stack with Seattle, and, and Justin Fields and Kenny Pickett, and that's going to solve our problems. Very nice. Yes, that's actually not where I thought you were going with it. <laughs> After you gave me so much trouble with the earlier Seahawks selections... But I do like your point and this idea of having made the bet on Mariota. And so if there's a way that we can pivot off of that and say, you know, now we can take Ritter on some teams because we'll have exposure to 
both of those scenarios. I mean, the worst case scenario, obviously, would be that they, you know, more or less split it half and half, or Mariota plays the vast majority of the season, and then they switch to Ritter so late that you don't get the points that you would have needed, and then he's just there in the playoffs. Maybe you get a team through that has him, and then he's in there in the playoffs, and you get those points. But I do think that there is an argument for taking a different rookie QB in this situation. I thought maybe you were going to go with Matt Corral. We have Christian McCaffrey. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. Sorry, they are the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 17. Now, we don't have Buccaneers on our roster, but there's a scenario where the Buccaneers wouldn't have to even shoot out to have a decent lead on the Panthers late and we get a 15 reception game from Christian McCaffrey but really that's a little bit irrelevant from the perspective of if we went with Corral we would be looking for him to win that battle somewhat early and maybe Bennett I'm seeing this through the lens of what I want to happen but it sounds like the Panthers beat reporters are already sort of preparing the fans for Darnold to not be the starter and you would imagine that they're getting their signals from the Panthers front office there. The reason I wasn't really thinking about Corral is we didn't take DJ Moore on this roster. I think I can't get my head around the Matt Corral upside case without then being way over DJ Moore. So in this type of situation, I mean, we can still take D, uh, Matt Corral, but I certainly wasn't thinking through him there uh, largely because it seems fun to get him onto the back end of a stack that includes DJ Moore, probably even more so than Christian McCaffrey. But I like where your head's at. I think we can can go that route. Noah Fant does go. So my dream of a Seahawks super stack with Geno Smith, Ken Walker, and Noah Fant is dead. I assume Noah Fant was one of the two tight ends you said that we liked. I know the other one for sure is Gerald Everett. The other one is Gerald Everett. The sad note here for listeners is that Ronald Jones goes. He would have been a fun fourth running back. Sorry, we already have three. We have enough. Rondell's still there. Kenneth Gainwell, someone we can look at late. He's been one of our focused players. Yeah, we're we're sort of screaming toward the Gerald Everett slot he's the second highest tight end still available and so we're (laughs) we're going to be needing some tight ends evan ingram i think an interesting play if you believe that trevor lawrence can turn things around at all so he would be a potential third tight end for this team but we're going to only get to make two picks here at this turn i think rondell goes one pick before us it's been one of those drafts. So I think it's Everett. I was I was really hoping for a Rondell Everett turn. We almost took Rondell at the 1202. He goes at the 1310. 20 picks later, one pick before we were up again. I, I usually look at this though as serendipity and that it's going to leave us with Get the power selection out of here. in the end. <laughs> And so Gerald Everett now. Sean, who has never tilted before, just stays optimistic. You're like so zen about it. It's it's maddening sometimes. Well, I just, I, I feel like 
this this is going to be the tournament champion team been drafted weirdly and lovingly at this juncture the the queue is kind of ugly at this point it it consists of geno smith dj chark and kenneth gainwell and that's in part because i stopped putting players in there <laughs> in the anticipation of just taking rondell moore we could go with everett and ingram and get those three tight ends for the build and not have to get any of the super late guys. I think the only other tight end that interests me at all is Trey McBride. And while I do think that his long-term upside is gigantic still, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a convoluted situation. I'm very comfortable with the two, with the two tight end strategy. Again, I would love to use these additional picks on quarterbacks where possible, but I think we need to take six at this point. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I think Gainwell's a sharp pick. I was also looking at Rashad White. It seems like a decent enough time to grab our fourth running back. I'm, I'm certainly in on Gainwell if that's where, or I guess if you you have Geno Smith at the top of the queue, if you're going to make the Geno Smith. I think we wait on Smith or Corral, take our fourth QB later. Well, then we're going to break it there for part one of our two episode ffpc superflex best ball tournament show we're trying to win ten thousand dollars we're building a unique team we're excited to see who we get when we come back we'll have more insights from the ffpc roster construction explorer we'll have more fun debates over players i think that we have some conversations and some discussions and some debates that I enjoyed quite a bit in this one. So this was a lot of fun. We hope the listeners also enjoyed it with us. That'll do it for this episode of Stealing Bananas. I'm Sean Siegel. With me, as always, has been Gretchen. You can follow at Yards Per Gretch. Make sure you sign up for Stealing Signals. You don't want to miss the content that Bent will have coming out over the summer. We'd love to have you guys join us at Rotoviz. You can use the coupon code RBRadio2022 at checkout. We've got some great draft streams on Rotoviz overtime as well. If you want to jump over and check those out, sign up for the feed, leave us a rating and review. Have a great weekend or Monday as you're listening, and we'll have part two up in no time. See you guys then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.